we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and Aboriginal Elders emerging. Thanks for listening to The Vale Podcast. If you'd like to help us out, you can simply give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or perhaps your company would like to financially support us. There are now a couple of ways for you to do this. You can buy some advertising sponsorship from as little as $100 per month or you can now make fully tax-deductible donations via Functional Arts. Head to the website to find out more, thevalepodcast.com.au. Welcome to The Vale Podcast. Local people, local news, local stories. So it's time for another quick update with our local members because there's been some changes to the rules <laughs> and a few issues around regulations now in place that are a very real concern for some of our local growers. So after a few goes, failed microphone attempts, I went to the office alone with much better internet and no small humans, I managed to have a quick chat with Anne Webster. There was some announcements from the Prime Minister on Friday about working holiday maker requirements and accommodation regulations. And what he's saying is absolutely right. However, my issue is that we already know that housing's an issue where we are, among our agricultural workforce in particular, but having the ability, the resources and funds to patrol and enforce the rules is where it all falls apart. In his statement on Friday, he said, Local governments will be observing these health rules and working with the states and territories to put these conditions in place. So, on one hand, this might actually be a really good long-term fix, but are the Commonwealth Government going to help local government administer this? Uh, Look, I think that uh, some of the jobs, I haven't got the detail on it yet, Jade, because obviously it's just been made this afternoon. I will be looking into it in great detail because I'm sure we will have lots of questions about that Mm. um, and and many other aspects of it, like how will it be patrolled and it will need to be patrolled too. Um, And it will also depend on how the state government responds and adds layers of operationalisation to it. So they will be determining, you know, the literal rules uh, where the minister, Prime Minister has uh, made it plain that basically overcrowding is not going to work. It's on anybody's interest and we need to, first and foremost, the priority is to stop the spread of COVID-19 mm. uh, in whatever way that, that can be. Um, I've, had, uh, I've had backpacker hosteliers contact me very worried that Backpackers are just driving up to Mildura, rocking up without a job and hoping that they'll be able to find a job. Uh, so there's, uh, which would be, normally that's, that would be fine, but in these particular circumstances, more rules when are needed to be put in place. So people need to ring before they come and get online and find jobs that are definite and go through the processes. I think um, one of the things that the Prime Minister has said that is that the employer, um, and that will depend on what kind of job they're going for, of course, will need to confirm the workers' health before they can begin working. Now, I know NFF have been uh, communicating with the government about what kind of human biosecurity uh, measures need to be put in place, again, to stop the spread of COVID-19. There's been a lot of uh, concern in the community about um, backpackers coming in and 
um, continuing to party and you know not, not being mindful of social distancing and um, you know concern about the spread of the disease into our vulnerable regional communities. Uh, so you know things had to be done, and I've certainly been communicating with the Minister for Ag and the Minister for Social Services and the Minister for um, Immigration about all of these factors and um, the Minister for Employment and Education because it, it, it impacts every component of government, uh, government. You can imagine how complex this has been. Um, just with regard to the, to the hostels and to the growers that might have two or three different venues, one of them recently yep. was pulled over and fined because he had six people in the, in the minibus but they're all coming yes. from one house. So these are, the, these are the complex issues we're facing. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, I've been approached about the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the issue is that uh, getting some of our visiting workers, whether they're seasonal workers or whether, um, whether they are Pacific Islanders or whether they're backpackers, to understand the need for social distancing, um, mm-hmm. And how and how that plays out in practice uh, is yeah it's complex very difficult yeah and I think it's un- it's understanding you know I mean while these things are huge impositions nobody is saying it is not impacting industry because clearly it is they're huge impositions the last thing anybody wants is people dying on their properties and dying in our regional communities and spreading the disease in our regional communities and. Uh, the contagious component of this disease is really quite phenomenal. Like we just should not underestimate it. So whatever we need to do, we need to do in order to uh, make our regional communities as safe as possible. And that's the thing. If it does get into this community, particularly into the agricultural workforce, Yes, to bring the whole industry to its knees. And I know there's talk about, you know, because some of the markets, the export markets are closed at the moment, there's talk from some growers that they're just going to stop and all that kind of thing. But if you want to pick the grapes and sell them either domestically or to another market, that's going to make things yes. more difficult. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I spoke to a producer yesterday who has um, produce that he has decided to leave uh, in the ground, uh, he had 80 backpackers organised to pick it and uh, it's, the contracts with Woolies and Coles were um, closed, shut up shop because people weren't buying the product in this particular environment. So, uh, you know, that's impacted a lot of people and mm. the concern for those people to spend a month before citrus starts um, doing what, you know? They need to be, they need to eat, obviously, and um, they need to be safe. The community needs to be safe. And, uh, yeah, all the practicalities for how people are getting to and from work or how what their living arrangements are uh, needs to be modified, at, if at all possible. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that the government have, has said, what the Prime Minister has said, is that uh, people who want to seek work, must uh, go to australia.gov.au 
uh, before they transfer and, you know, move themselves from one part of the country to another part of the country. Um, as I said before, people have just been driving in and arriving in Nordura. Well, they can't do that anymore and they must self-isolate 14 days before they go into that community. So that's a challenge also for our um for our producers getting their crop off. My understanding is that there are enough pickers around. I haven't been hearing that there's a desperate need for um, seasonal workers. So I guess we'll just keep our ear to the ground, but it's understanding that that requirement is there if they're going to come from Melbourne or Sydney or somewhere else. Um, mind you, it's only Melbourne and Sydney in terms of big cities because the other states, of course, are closed, have closed their borders, um, but they will need to register and self-isolate before they come. Is that the same rules then for some of the workers that are finishing off grape harvest here and then the same producers are thinking of moving them on to farms interstate? I would assume, but we can't, no one can assume now nor never, that they would have to self-isolate those workers for 14 days before they do move them into state? Well, I think that, no, I think that, look, my understanding would be common sense would say that if they've been working with that same producer and they are well, mm-hmm. they've shown no signs of being ill, um, then their essential work, you know, it's like a truckie going from state to state delivering goods. He's not going to self-isolate in every state. He's doing his job, you know. Um, so it would make sense to me, and I'd certainly be advocating for that if it, if it became an issue, mm. that they're working for the same producer, they're just doing their job uh, from one site to another site. So it's really up to the producer to make sure that his um, workers are healthy. So... Um, you know, I mean, there are obviously all the means to do that. Mm. And, of course, to prevent, to put on-farm measures so that people can prevent sharing the disease should yeah. they succumb to it. I think from what I'm hearing um, so far from workers around Robin, uh, sorry, producers and growers around Robinvale anyway, those measures have been put in place. Most are doing, um, taking temperatures each day. There is hand sanitizer. Um, there, I know that the growers around here are certainly putting those measures in place to make sure that their workforce is well. Um, yes. I suppose some more measures need to be taken to make sure that the messages on these re- rules and regulations now need to be communicated into contractors and, and workers as well. Yeah, look, I'm sure there will be. And NFF will have... Um, my understanding is that NFF will come out with a um, policy or practice um, a document or site that people can go to to find out what they're required to do mm. um, in order to maximise everybody's health. I mean, ultimately, we want to be productive. We want to get our harvest off. We want to export it where it needs to go. Um, and the government is certainly working very hard to make that happen, whether it's by plane or whether it's by ship, um, you know, working in the uh, we're still doing a lot of work trying to get Indonesia open for Red Globe and that work is ongoing. I am in constant contact with the minister's offices um, and with ATGA, Jeff Scott, of course, and with some of the producers just to make sure that that happens. So um, I think everybody will be, I don't know, having a drink to cheer when it actually does happen because it's been a long time coming. Mm, it sure has, but I'm sure they appreciate your work on that and let's just hope that it does happen sooner rather than later. It's Friday afternoon. 
Um, so it's it is. Drink regardless. Um, <laughs> yeah. one, it's well past one o'clock as far as I'm concerned. Thank you again <laughs> for giving us an update. Yeah, no, it's an absolute pleasure, Jade. And look, let's hope that we can uh, have some good news stories rolling out. That's what we know we're all needing. Well, that's exactly right. And um, hopefully we'll have one for you next week when we do a bit of work yes. on this weekend. So we'll let you know. Okay, great. Nice to talk to you. Now is not the time to be putting pressure on yourself. Not about anything. Not about homeschooling the kids or having a strict routine or cooking dinner or anything really. We all need to go a bit easy on ourselves and each other. The Jack can help with a little bit of that. Al and Dean are still cooking every weeknight just to take a bit of the pressure off and because you still have to eat. Grab the new menu from the website robinvalebridgemotel.com.au but be aware that the menu is subject to change at any given moment. Take the pressure off with a zero-touch takeaway order from the Jack Bar and Bistro. Find them on Facebook, Instagram or at robinvalebridgemotel.com.au Ali thought the same thing. It would be best to go to an office where there's no small humans and much better internet connection. So we caught up with her about another issue that's been facing local producers and that is how their workforce gets to and from the farms that they're working at. And that is usually in a bus. So first of all, there's a lot of talk given the rain First of all, the rain's great. Mm-hmm. Anyone harvesting at the moment will say otherwise. But mm-hmm. for winter sowing, it's a great thing. Um, but it did bring workers into town yesterday and Robinvale wouldn't be the only place. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, look, the, the thing is this um, pandemic probably couldn't have happened at a worse time for our community um, in the sense that it's harvest time. You know, I mean, we've got, as we know, I mean, there's kind of rarely a quiet time in our year, you know, between um, picking time and pruning time and everything in between. Um, so so it would be difficult to be able to time a pandemic <laughs> um, at, the, at, at, a, at, a, at a good moment. Um, but, yeah, certainly um, it, it's, it's particularly hard for us. You know, we've got farmers who need to get their, their product off the vines um, as we know with table grapes, you know, there's some kind of crazy turnaround of 21 or 23 days between actually getting that bunch of grapes off the vine and having it on a table in, in mm. China, let's say. Um, so there's no time to stuff around and, and, and you need workers, you know. Um, and our region is known for being somewhere where there is work at this time of year. Um, unfortunately, during a pandemic, that, that sort of a, those combination of factors are a, a, a potentially very dangerous thing. Coming down the street yesterday, and granted, I hadn't been into town in over a week, but it also brought husband inside, so I got to have a bit of a break and come into the office where the internet is much better. Mm-hmm. But not being able to get a path, I thought the street would be deserted. Yeah. I thought wrong. It was really crowded. Um, and I see that you've written to the Prime Minister today. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so... Uh, it's becoming a habit of mine <laughs> to write letters to the Prime Minister. Not that he would have a clue who I am, but, you know, that doesn't stop me. Um, so, yeah, so, look, I mean, and, and partly because time is of the essence. You know, we, we had um, a call from 
a local farmer um, and it was only the day after the rules came in about, you know, the, the, the new public gathering rules, you know, the crackdown and only two people from different households, you know, can be out and about together. And he was saying he'd already been, just a day after that, had already um, had um, an interaction with the police um, who had said, you know, he, presumably there was a driver from the farm um, with a, a group of workers who had come from a particular house, a one, one house, um, but they weren't able to, they hadn't been here for very long and they were here just purely for, for harvest work. And so there was no, they had no documentation saying they were all residing at the same property. So therefore they were breached, you know, um, and, and so, and, and what the, the particular grower was saying to us is like, well, I've got two of these houses. So these are not big hostels, they're just houses. Okay. He said, I've got a few workers at this one. And I've got a few workers at that one. He said, I can um, provide it. I can have a driver go and pick them up. You know, I can do two trips. So this one household, then just another household. He said, if I can't do that, it's going to be seven trips. Now, and that assumes <laughs> that, that you can have a driver who lives at one property mm. at their home with their family drive a group of people who, yes, they might be from the same household, but now they're in a car with someone from, so, so that in itself can breach the rule. So that's cross-contamination, yeah. Exactly, because that's no different than you just going to pick up, pick up a group of mates from yeah, a right. you know a share house to go and like muck around. Hmm. So, so you can imagine how much of a headache this is creating. Because um, while the the rules are you know they're strict and, and they're, they're clear if you're in Melbourne in, or in Sydney and in a typical scenario, yeah. but if you try and apply those rules to our very unique circumstances in Sunraysia at the moment, hmm. it creates a huge um minefield and and that's not and, and that this is for for um, a, a grower who he's like okay right trying to think it through so if the car stays basically they're going to, have to drop a car off so just those workers will be able to drive themselves hopefully if they've got appropriate licenses or whatever mm. so then you've got one household we did there's so much going on at once we, we we've been in contact with the police minister's office she has confirmed for us or the office the ministerial staff are confirmed for us that anyone who is in a share house like farm accommodation property yep. um, if you get pulled over by the police on your way to work if you've got something like um a stat deck or if you've got um even the if, if the company or the farmer on on some sort of letterhead can sign off and verify that you know the, these people their names are blah 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 and they all reside at the same address some yep. sort of will be okay so that kind of solves part of it um but but then you've got hostels where you know it, again it's mind-blowing how complicated this is so sometimes you've got a hostel that might have 20 people in it mm. well you know so so then you've got to have the issue of okay well even if you can classify that as one household you know maybe you can get a minibus but you're going to have to make sure that someone from that household is driving the minibus it can't yeah. be some other driver from the farm or whatever and then you've got the issue of um some hostel owners own um say four different um venues let's say mm. and so they, they will typically um you know if they're if they get sending a bus to one particular farm say in Robinvale from Mildura they might have a few from that house that house and that house well, now they can't travel together because are they from different households? Yeah. 
you say that because it's one backpacker hostel company that that's the same household even though it's spread over three different locations? I would say, in my opinion, that would be different households. Because to me, I figure a hostel or a motel or a house, if you're all group living, that's one household. Yeah. Well, 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 that, well, that's it. But, 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 but then this is where this is the, the challenge. You see, is that you know you you kind of come back to what is the spirit of the law here, mm. and the spirit of the law is just to try and minimise interactions with big mm. groups of people. Yeah, which, which you know, and and so this is the conversation I was having earlier, and this is the conversation we want to have with the the, the prime minister's office. It's like you know we we just need to work. Number one, we need clear rules. Yes. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And we need clear rules that are tailored to our circumstances here that, that get that are somewhere in the middle between keeping people as safe as possible but also doing what's reasonably practicable to a farmer who just needs to get fruit off the vines mm. and can't do 20 separate trips between Mildura and Robinvale every morning. Yeah, that's right. To satisfy all of the different, you know, um, not wanting to cross, you know, Pollinate too much between different <laughs> houses, so it's a nightmare. Yeah, it is. But and this is this is the conversation that's been had for the last couple of weeks with people going everything's so slow to lockdown and la la la. But that's because there are all these different issues, and it is mm-hmm. so complicated. So you can't put in yeah. one blanket rule for everybody because now, particularly here in the Sunraysia region. It may not apply to us and it may make life really hard, which is what this is doing now. Yeah, and then this is being done to ensure that the producers can get the work done but also ensuring the virus doesn't spread to vulnerable parts of the country. Fair enough because we still don't have any reported cases in Robinvale. So vice versa, we don't want the workers coming from Sydney and Melbourne that have lost their jobs to come and pick up. Yeah, yeah. The well, well, that's right, exactly, and and so and and this is the and and then you've got different categories of workers. So you've got you know the, the working holiday visa um, cohort, which are very relatively easy to trace and to track, and, mm. and because they're, they're you know they're legally here, they're more likely to be able to go and get medical attention if they're not well or or mm. whatever it might be. But then you've got the the issue of the undocumented workers. Who are who have far less rights and far less confidence in in terms of accessing healthcare or mm. or even like owning up if they're feeling a bit or they've got they've got families at home who are relying on income so mm. maybe maybe more inclined to just push themselves a bit further you know assume everything's okay. Yeah, Robinvale District Health Services, we've been speaking to Anita a lot lately. Yeah. yeah. But she has tried to communicate the message that at Robinvale District Health Services, they will test there if you meet the criteria, mm-hmm. but they don't care about your status. They don't need Medicare numbers. Um, the testing is free. Um, they now have some GPs doing telehealth um, through Royal Flying Doctors right. doing telehealth consults. Yeah. So I suppose the message is that, Regardless of your status, please yeah. don't sit on it. Um, yeah, there are other ways. absolutely. Mm. And and that and that's the sort of stuff that we we will share out as well. So I'll have a look at what Robin Bale District Health has put up on social media, for example, because we would, or, or if you've got something there, Jade, flick it to us, yeah. and we'll we'll get help get that message out too. Yes, we've actually had um, Rani's d- translated it into Malaysian for us today, and that's in the podcast feed. And Olivia's yeah, doing great. it in Mandarin. So right. we're getting there. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's great. It's, great just a, it's just a matter of 
getting it out. There was also, um, I know that council has sent out an email to growers this morning in our database, just asking growers to help us out a bit. Make sure you communicate, particularly to, like, we know, as well as you do, communicating mm -hmm. with each and every worker that they might have on site is near impossible. But mm -hmm. communicating with the contractors and the labour hire providers yeah, who you need to go through. And yeah. um, DHHS have got plenty of language, resources available, um, SBS have, the ABC mm -hmm. have, like it's it's out there now. So um, that's Yeah, you're great. Yeah, sounds good. So being Friday night um, mm -hmm. and Ben's being called back into work, yes. how are you working now? Last time we spoke, we were, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, right. How are you coping now? I know. Well, see, this was this was it. So, so the one silver lining to Ben losing his job, you know, because he was one of the, the um, was a news photographer for the Daily, uh, was that it just meant that um, all of my um, child minding issues were over because I thought, you know, yeah, obviously Ben's going to be home. It's going to be all good. Um, but yeah, not for long. So, so it's a good problem to have. It's great. You know, I mean, the, the Daily is a, a local icon, 100 years old this year, um, really vital source of information for, for obviously Muldura Sunraysia, but including Robinvale. Um, so, yeah, so really exciting that, but, but it has been a really hectic day. Um, yeah, managing, managing a child and and it's not just it's not just managing a child. See, this is a thing, isn't it? It's it's like it's managing a child who's saying, "I want to go to the park for play. I want to go to caterpillars. I want to go to um, Nan and Pa's. I want to go see Nanny. I want to, you know, like it's just it's a nightmare." <laughs> and it was really sad today too. Like he couldn't work out why he couldn't go. Because he's like, "Explain to me. Give me a good reason why suddenly I can't go anywhere." So I said, "We can't, Jetty. We're physical distancing." Oh yeah, how did a two and a half year old take that? <laughs> but what else could I say? Look at you know. <laughs> how many times have people said to you over the last couple of weeks, "Oh, maybe you should just have another one so he's got a playmate"? <laughs> oh, people do say that to me regularly. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and I'm just like, oh god, that's a lot of. That's a lot of effort. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm, I'm forty, so I kind of think that I'm, I'm a bit over the hill now. I know a lot of, I know a lot of other people can do it and they should, and that's great. Um, but I just, I think that one, one's enough for me. Yeah. If it was ten years ago, I probably would have another one. But I, you know. Yeah, but you know what? When you've got other things to do until you're in your late thirties to start having kids. <laughs> The body doesn't bounce back like it does, so I get it. <laughs> buy him a dog. That's my suggestion. At 40, buy the kids a damn dog. <laughs> what yeah. else? No, I think that's a, good, that's a good solution. Yeah, why not? Because <laughs> you do what we have to do. And in these... Yeah. Ali, have you got anything else to um, let us in on as far as the situation goes at the moment? Oh, look, I think, um, well, I mean, the, the, the key thing I uh, am interested in at the moment too for Robin Vale is just making sure that we get the, we, we get the message out in as many different, as you said, you, you're doing anyway, in as many different languages as we possibly can because it's, it's so culturally diverse mm. um, because, you know, the, 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 the you know, scenes of, of, of crowding of, of a street and milling about, you know, in, in very small um you know, areas 
it's just too dangerous. We mm. just can't. We, we just can't afford to do that. And so um, I think that that that's my key focus about Robin Vale um, from from this point onwards. Because because you know Robin Vale has has unique factors as we communicated with the premier like a week and a half or something ago. You know we've got you know an Aboriginal population. Um, where there would be, um, you know, high rates of smoking. I know yeah. that, you know, um, and and therefore more susceptibility to respiratory type illness or, or the more extreme forms of that. Mm. Um, you know, we, we've got the issue that that I know we're, we're working on um, and, and hopefully we'll get on top of that soon, but there's still issues of overcrowding and worker accommodation and, and you know, so I, I'm just... I. I obviously we, we're not panicking, but but I, I am highly vigilant about those um, unique risk factors in Robinvale, and um, I'm going to be doing everything I can to to work with stakeholders, particularly DHS. I'll, I'll get in touch with DHS next week and just say, look, is there anything else we can do mm-hmm. to try and get that message out in Robinvale? You know, and, and I guess too for for local community members as well. You know, like community leaders for the various different groups. Um, farmers, growers, you know, owners of the big companies, you know, what, what can we do in Robinvale just to make sure that, that we don't keep seeing those scenes in street? Because if it, if it gets a foothold, then, then it could be quite dangerous. And, and I, I've been a councillor before, you know, and, I, and my, my view was always that, that council is the, is the um, tier of government closest to the grassroots. And so, um, you know, even if it might not be your responsibility to fund it and to operationalise it, um, it it's, it's always your responsibility as a civic duty, you know, um, as, as a representative body for your community to at least pass on and be a conduit for really important information, particularly when it's a global pandemic and, you know, we're, we're talking about lives and livelihoods. Uh, I think that that's only right. I must once again thank our state and federal MPs for being so accessible to this podcast and myself as a local councillor. The flow of information, being able to get to public ears is extraordinary when we all work together and for the same outcomes and that is ultimately to keep our communities safe. Remember though, this is a Clear Eyes Media production, not a council project and all opinions expressed are that of my own and not that of the Swan Hill Rural City Council. With the disclaimer done... I'm off to enjoy some Andrew Peace wines and a bit of the weekend. Thanks for listening to The Vale Podcast. Subscribe at thevalepodcast.com.au.